Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. As always, I am your host, Peter Eklund, and on this week's show, we have two massive things to talk about. We have the season finale of WandaVision, which wrapped up this past weekend, as well as the premiere movie, Raya and the Last Dragon, two epically huge things to break down. And so I, as always, I bring a guest on and I have a returning guest here, Devin. She's come back onto the show. Devin, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me back. Of course, man. This is just like, this is the, you, this is the money load right here. This is everything. Yeah, is I, I am super excited for this. And I got to be honest, I would have been pretty upset if you did this episode and didn't invite me for it. I would have been like... How come I am not on to talk about this? Because I would just be listening to it, like shouting things at my car radio to myself. <laughs> well, something something happened where it just it just worked out that way. I think I was just hit with inspiration of like a few weeks ago, and I was like, I need to get Devin on because I haven't had you on to talk about Wandavision at all. I know, and I've been listening and being like, I want to talk about Wandavision, and I'm like, how come Peter hasn't asked me to talk about this yet? And I was starting to feel like a little bit, you know, a little bit like, what's what have I not been a good guest? Like, what's uh. How come nobody wants to talk to me about WandaVision? So I was when you reached out, I was like, yes, finally you want to talk to me about WandaVision. I mean, it's the finale. I mean, if anything, you feel <laughs> the most honored. I do, I do now. <laughs> I'm made up, made up for it by having me on for the finale. So thank you. Of course, of course. And I'm I'm definitely interested because I I we haven't talked at all. Um, you know, this this season in general of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what your general thoughts have been. And then also this is, you know, a huge di- Not since um, Frozen Two, if I might be mistaken. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Animation, and, and you cut out for the second, so I, I apologize if you said this, but um, yeah, I think I believe it's the first big animated film. Mulan came out, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So, I think we're gonna we're gonna probably start there and talk mm-hmm. about Raya and the Last Dragon, and then we'll get to our Wandavision talk. Um, this was a, a premier access movie that you had to shell out the $30 um, mm-hmm. on top of your Disney Plus subscription in order to watch this movie. And I think the first question that I need to ask you, Devin, is do you think the $30 was worth it? I think it was absolutely worth it for this. Like, and and just from, from like, you know, doing the math, like if we, if we were going to go see this in theaters, which I probably would have anyway and like you know it depends on where you live in your theater but like our theater is kind of expensive it's like 14 dollars to go to the movies if you're mm-hmm. it's just not a matinee so like and i watched it with my husband so if the two of us went out to go to the movies it's about the same money anyway and i haven't spent money on going to the movies in a year so i figured it um i could justify it uh yeah, but yeah i definitely did not leave being like what the heck i paid 30 dollars for that it was totally worth it it's so funny because the only other movie that they've done this for with the premiere access was Mulan mm-hmm. back in the fall, yeah. which a lot of the conversation around that was just like, oh, is this movie going to really be worth the $30? And there was obviously a lot more conversations around the making of that movie that yeah. was problematic and whatnot. Like yeah. it, that, that movie had so many problems going. Uh, on. But yeah. I, I, I haven't heard anything along those lines of people questioning and wondering if, if Ryan, the last dragon was worth the $30. And because honestly, 
I I would agree. I think this was amazing film and totally worth watching mm-hmm. and chilling out the thirty bucks for. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I and I watched Mulan, and I wasn't. I didn't really want to spend the thirty dollars on Mulan. Um, and left to my own devices, I I wouldn't have. Uh, because there, yeah, there's a lot of problematics. Didn't want to support anyway. But I I was. Uh, with my mom for Thanksgiving and she really, really wanted me to watch it with her. And so I was like, all right, if we watch it together, like that'll be all right. And I did not like it. Like, you know, there's all the problematic stuff, but even, even that alone, uh, I just didn't think it was a very good movie, but it was kind of, kind of a bummer, but this one I absolutely loved. And my, so my husband, Chris watched this one with me and he's not a big Disney fan. Um, mm-hmm. But he uh, he loved this, which was really fun for me because I love, you know, sharing stuff with him that I love. And he uh, it's a hard sell to get him to watch, especially an animated Disney movie with me. But he really, really liked it. So that was fun. Yeah, yeah. There was it was so funny, too, because similarly, I had a hard time convincing Jess to watch it. And as I was sitting down and, and watching it, because she, she's always kind of worried and hesitant, especially with Disney films, because she's like, is anyone going to die is a big question <laughs> for her. Yeah. In which she doesn't necessarily want to see that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we watched The Lion King the other day, and she actually oh, had to leave for Mufasa. I can't um, do that. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'll sit and, through it, but I will be a mess. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, totally. And. And so she she started getting into it, and we watched it, and she she liked it as well. And I think we're gonna probably have to rewatch it. Yeah, I um, think I will too. I think I am so excited about rewatching this movie. Me too. I like as soon as it ended, I was like, I want to watch this again immediately. <laughs> totally. In which, like, honestly, again, like I think about you know, I think the last time a Disney movie did in like huge as far as animated film was the first Frozen film, and I, I was working mm-hmm. at the movie theater at the time. And that thing debuted, I think, Thanksgiving weekend, and it was playing mm-hmm. all the way through to Easter. It just kept staying in the theater. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Um, Frozen. I saw it in like February. I didn't go see it immediately. I had really low hopes for it. Um, I didn't think it looked very good, to be honest, which is hilarious now because I'm like the biggest Frozen fan ever. Um, but yeah, I thought it looked really bad, and like I hadn't really been a fan of the stuff that Disney had been putting out leading up to that. Like I not a really big Tangled fan. Brave was like, okay. Um, so I didn't really have high hopes for Frozen. So I, yeah, I saw it in February and was like, wait, this is what we're doing now? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And if, and if you think about it, like how many, how many of those people, um, the people who went and saw Frozen in that period of time was repeat viewers, Right. you know? Right. So even if like you rewatch this movie, you know, around the same time that it's coming out in theaters in some, you know, some places, I guess, in the country, mm-hmm. you would, if you wanted to go see it again, you'd be giving out more, more and more money every time you turn in. And I, so I think. Right. Well, yeah, because I, I went to, I, di- I didn't go see it till February. It had been out for a few months, but then I, once I had seen it, I think I went back to see it like four times. <laughs> totally. So. Totally. Oh, man. So I think one of the most interesting things about this movie, and I think I just kind of want to start getting into it. Yeah. Is the lore. Yeah. You know, this world that we, we are kind of brought into was just very exciting and interesting. And I think the first thing I want to say that it kind of reminded me of was Avatar The Last Airbender. I was going to ask if that was it. I had the same exact thought, like, immediately. Yeah, it was, it was so 
interesting and cool. And I think it also helps because I've been watching Avatar the last Me year, too. <laughs> we just finished watching through it for the first time. Oh, I'm almost done with season two. So Oh man, season three yeah. is so good. Seasons one and two were like they were good. I enjoyed them, but season three was like the finale kind of like blew my mind. It's amazing. I'm excited I, for you. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm totally um, But yeah, I definitely definitely got got Avatar vibes from this a lot. Yeah, just kind of the the whole different the different kingdoms and the different yeah. the warring nations, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um what what are your kind of initial thoughts apart from that? Um yeah, I was I was going to say the same thing about Avatar. Um I loved uh uh, the animation obviously was beautiful. Disney's doing an absolutely stunning job um, with animation in that realm. I thought that the story was great. Like the the themes of of trust was like a really really good story. Um, the characters were really good. Um, so the, so one one thing that I didn't really realize I, I looked it up right before we watched it, but this is not a musical, which I was not sure about. Um, I didn't hadn't really thought about it, but. I think this is leading to the fact that that my husband enjoyed it because he really hates musicals. This is like one of the <laughs> biggest points of contention in our relationship. I got to tell you, um, doesn't like musicals, but he. So I, it was like one of the things that I was like used to get him to watch watch this was like it's not a musical. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe. Um, but tonally, I think that made a lot of sense. Like it was this was a animated like action movie is like a really good action movie um with a great message and and beautifully drawn like i i just thought it was so well executed so yeah i i agree the themes within this the story the characters i love the only thing i have i have a little bit of a harder time with this Mm -hmm. you know and, and kind of going back and watching some of the other disney animated stuff I, I'm kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm an old, old fogey, but I kind of miss hand-drawn animation at times. I do too. And there's the, I don't know, the the, the CGI or whatever, the visual effects of this or the, yeah. the computer animation, I guess I you'd have to say. Yeah. There are times where I'm just like, it doesn't feel like Disney that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm watching like something from Nickelodeon or Cartoon mm-hmm. Network. Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. the animation almost looked like the Clone Wars to me at times, huh. and I just I I was almost distracted by it. I mean, I, I I know it's a weird thing to say, but as as cool as it, this world was and how things looked, part of me almost like every time I watch a new Disney animated movie that's done with computer animation, mm-hmm. I kind of go, I, I hurt a little bit because I just feel us getting further and further away from hand drawn. Yeah, yeah, you know? I I feel you on that, and like I. And and so like I I think the last one they did in that style was the Princess and the Frog, um, yeah. and I was really glad that they brought that style back for that because they had kind of already started moving away from that, um, and I I really wish that they would do more things like that because I also do love that style and miss it. Although mm-hmm. this as looking at it as just a completely different animal is also so beautiful. Um, and like, you know, you look at what they've done with Frozen with the, you know, the snow engine that they built for Frozen and like what they did with water and Moana and, and again in this, like, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah. And I think, I think again, those, I will agree. It's, it's, I'm like speaking out of both sides of my mouth. <laughs> I like it, but at the same time, I like it, it almost hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it is just so stunning. Mm-hmm. 
it's so incredible. And you know what I do like too? Um, they did this in Moana as well. Uh, is it, and it's kind of kind of a throwback to that is the intro sequence. Uh, what I liked that they did in this that they also did in Moana was kind of a 2D um, kind of puppet theater style intro prologue at the beginning to tell the story of like where we are. Um, that I, I really enjoyed that style and it gives you something a little bit unique. It's kind of a throwback to that 2D animation that you're talking about. Not quite the same style because it's a much more stylized um, sort of thing, but it kind of places you in time, helps start building the world that we're going to be in um, and gives you something to look at that's a little bit different from that, uh, you know, very modern, like, computer animation. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's, I, I really liked it because it really set some things up, you know, it gives you some exposition that's much, mm -hmm. you know, definitely needed. Um, why don't you just kind of fill, can you fill us in on kind of what, what that is kind of summing up and what is that, you know, really setting up for us within this movie? Um, yeah, so it's just telling the story of how it used to be one kingdom and then it, uh, the, the so the Droon come and they start turning everybody to stone and the dragons are protecting them and then the dragons basically, the last handful of dragons basically sacrifice themselves or in the story the last dragon sacrifices um, herself to eradicate the Droon. Um, leaving behind the dragon gem, which they're protecting. And then the, the kingdoms split apart um, because nobody trusts anybody. And now they're all in separate kingdoms and the dragon gem is living in the heart kingdom. Which is where our hero lives. You know, we're, mm -hmm. I love also the, the kind of the prologue to this story as well. I think coming later, I don't know how to say this, but what was to come after what I would consider the prologue, I thought it was very surprising that the rest of the story takes place six years later. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, whoa, because it was, it was left in such an interesting place. And then you're kind of left with this lasting reality, mm -hmm. you know, that, that continued to exist for this character of Raya. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I was, I was really taken back by it. It was almost similar to an Avengers Endgame, hmm. you know, where it's like five years later, yeah, um, you know, and it was just like, what, you know, after the event, yeah, Infinity War. Uh. <laughs> and, and I think it, it brings a level of, I don't know, sympathy for the character and the world mm -hmm. and. It, I thought it was very interesting because obviously it also ages the character up a bit too. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about that prologue section and let's talk mm -hmm. about Raya as well as, as a character. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about her? Um, I loved her. I thought she's great. She's voiced, of course, by Kelly Marie Tran of Star Wars fame, um, who I thought was fantastic. I loved that she was in this. Um I I I like Raya as a character a lot. So she's I don't know how old she's is in this probably late teens if she's maybe ten in the beginning and sixteen in the uh, rest of the film or some somewhere around there. Um, I like that she's she's serious. Like she's got a job to do and she takes it really seriously. Um, I think that's aided by the fact that this isn't a musical. You know, she doesn't break out, break into song at any point because she's like, she's on a mission, you know? Right. Um, she's kind of a no-nonsense kind of girl and she's a warrior princess and she's a badass and I love it. 
I love it. Like she's like Xena. No. <laughs> you said warrior princess. I was like, yeah, I mean, kind of. Oh man, and she's so cool. You she's know, so like cool. that that scene when we even we first meet her as a child. You know, and she yeah. is kind of that. It's almost like an Indiana Jones thing where she's sneaking into this temple. Or yeah, I even I even felt like the Cave of Wonders with Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. And then facing off against her dad, mm-hmm. and I I don't know that. I loved him in it. I think he was voiced by Daniel Day Kim. He was. Um, from from Lost yeah. Game. And then um, there's some other things that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got to talk about how this is like a completely Asian cast. cast yeah. Cast. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. So good. Yeah. Some um, really, really awesome uh, Asian actors in this. But yeah, uh, she's ob- obviously another a wonderful, wonderful Asian American actress. Um, Did she play the mom to the one? Is that what who she played? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, she's great. She's awesome. Um, uh, Benedict Wong from uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. So good. Wong. Um. So yeah. And I think honestly too, um, the what's her name? The girl. I, I I think of her as Rose, or I think of her as Raya. What's the name of the actress again? Kelly Marie Tran. Like. I I feel I'm so glad she was in this role and she had this to play because she's gotten a lot of I think undeserved hate from like the last absolutely absolutely and it's it's so sad like when you when a when an actor or an actress has to like go through so much crap when it has a lot of things have nothing to do with them you know Mm -hmm. as far Mm -hmm. as like from a just a a, I don't know a certain section of a fan base that's just gonna yeah. just make your make your life hard, and so I'm just so glad to see her get this work and have mm-hmm. this thing that I think is gonna stand out and is really gonna do great for her. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I just read a really awesome article that was in uh, I forget where it was published, but uh, it was called "The Resurrection of Kelly Marie Tran." Um, and it was a really great write up on her her story about how yeah she was really terribly cyber bullied after uh, after her Star Wars debut, uh, which was obviously terrible. And so she you know she got off of social media and and started saying no to a lot of projects and and things like that. And so I was really really happy um, to see her come back and be in this and in and in such an empowering role as well mm-hmm. um yeah beautiful beautiful story for her and i i would i really really hope to see a lot more of her in the future yeah yeah i totally absolutely um and so she she is the the title character and there's her journey within this movie was just so compelling and her relationship obviously with her dad which sets up her arc throughout this movie i thought was very important and i loved him mm-hmm. in it um because he, he plays a very important role of having, you know, she says that he's he's hopeful, you know, later on. And when she's mm-hmm. talking to the dragon later, he's like, you remind me of my dad and that you are hopeful. And I thought that yeah. was, I loved, I loved that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, he's he's trying to bring these tribes together that are at odds and at war with each other in order to unite them again as how the kingdom used to be. Mm-hmm. Or their their world has been prior to um, how things are now, and you know within that there is betrayal. You know I think the mm-hmm. relationship of the two girls is so important. Yeah, 
Um, and there's betrayal there, but it sets things up in motion as far as what the, the journey and arc of the character throughout the rest of the movie is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's talk about that relationship between the two girls. Cause I think that's, that's so huge and important yeah. to talk about. Yeah. What, what do you think? Um, I, uh, yeah, I think that, um, so, you know, we, we first meet them when they're, they're younger, they're, you know, I don't know, 10, they're little girls and they're like going to be friends. And, you know, I, I think that that was kind of a relatable moment where, you know, you're at a, like a big function with a bunch of adults and you kind of like lock eyes with like the only other kid in the room and you're like, oh, let's go play together. Right. Um, but then she pretty much steps her in the back, uh, and betrays her and breaks the world. So that's a bummer. Um, not the greatest. Yeah. Not a highlight. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the exploration of trust that happens within that is so interesting because like, that's the only time that's the first and only time that she's met her. Right. So like her whole relationship is like this one day where she trusted her and then she betrayed her. And so she goes the next six years being like, this girl betrayed me and she sucks. Um, Because of her actions, what it did to the rest of the world again, but then also what the cost of my dad. Right. Like there's, yeah, there's so much there. Um, And, you know, you think of, as you get to know Namari, a bit more who by the way is played by Gemma Chan um also beautifully uh she you know her her mother who's Sandra O oh, um she's kind of pulling the strings you know she's telling her what to do um and she's telling her that this is like for the good of their kingdom right so you get to know a little bit like obviously it doesn't excuse what she did it's not good but like she's a kid and her mother is telling her like this is what you have to do in order to like, you know, for the good of our people. Um, I think that becomes a little bit of a, you know, you can sympathize with her a little bit. Um, And then, yeah, I I think that the, this is, this is something I think we've never really seen in a Disney movie movie before is that the thing that has to save the day in the end, because Namari is set up as the villain essentially. Right. So the thing that has to happen in the end to save the day is that the hero has to trust the villain. Like when have we ever seen that before in this sort of movie? Yeah. It, it, it blew me away, honestly. Like, you kind of see the movie move, moving towards that throughout and you have that message from the dad earlier within the movie. And then this, to see that is, oh man, it's so inspirational. It's so huge, especially in today's day and age and today's world is such a powerful message. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I was just left with it just being in awe, honestly, yeah. and thankful. Yeah. You know, because I, to, to have that be the resounding message when there's so much in our world seeing so much distrust mm-hmm. and hatred and um, that's just out there, you mm-hmm. know, even politically, you know, um, socially. And it's just like, it was just really great to see. And I thought it was daring and it's good. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how it's animated films and it's science fiction films that we get to watch stories and watch movies in a way that it can really inspire adults to 
think of the their world differently. Yeah, yeah. It's something about that. It's just like I think it makes it even more compelling to go to these movies, you know, as when they're geared towards kids, but then when you're able to find inspiration and meaning and um, just ideas that can motivate us as adults as being powerful. And then obviously too, with science fiction tells really true human stories within a heightened world, oh, absolutely. you know, that bring different kind of inspiration. Mm-hmm. So powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well said. Um, so let's, let's continue on. Cause the, the world kind of goes bad again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have these this this enemy that turns people into stone, mm-hmm. um, which is wrecking havoc across the world. And it's only repelled by water, mm-hmm. and it's repelled by these stones that um, the main character has, in which all the tribes after there is the betrayal. And so Raya has her stone. And each tribe that she basically journeys to, to get all the stones back together, um, we get mm-hmm. to see the different pieces of this world, you know. Mm-hmm. But then we also have to talk about how her main friend throughout the movie, voiced by Aquafina, is mm-hmm. the last dragon that she finally meets, um, the character of Sisu. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, Aquafina, how did, how did you feel about Aquafina in this movie? Oh, she was great. <laughs> yeah, she she was very funny. I enjoyed her a lot. Chris also really liked her a lot. He was like, we started watching it. And I was like, oh yeah, the dragon is Aquafina. He was like, what? Why didn't you tell me that before? Now I like really am excited to see this. Um, I think the only yeah. way that you can get him more excited is if you told him Jeff Goldblum was in the movie. I know, right? I should have just told him that anyway to like make him more excited. But then he would have been more upset when he wasn't. Um, but yeah, she was she was delightful. Yeah, she was good. I mean, she's basically doing the job here as the comedic, you know, character mm-hmm. within the movie. She's doing the job of the genie, or she's doing the job mm-hmm. of, of um, M- Moshi from from the animated Mulan. You know, Mushu. Mushu. What did I say? Mushu. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, Mushu. I have I I have not seen Mulan as much as I've seen Aladdin, so that's yeah, that's that's, probably- that's, that's fair that's probably telling um but she's you know so she's bringing the comedic elements within this movie but she's also a really another important character to raya who's really jaded and and is distrusting of these different tribes and and um Mm -hmm. yeah and so she she is she's very interesting in comparison and in contrast to her which is really great to see yeah, yeah, she's kind of the, you know, starry-eyed, like, optimistic, idealist, like, you know, thinks that everybody's really good, and Raya's like, no, you can't trust anybody, and and the things that keep getting Sisu into trouble are her trusting people, um, and it's, it's interesting and kind of heartbreaking and kind of relatable to see Sisu try to navigate this world and continuously keep learning that she can't trust everybody um and see how much kind of like her face falls like when somebody breaks that trust and she's like what they like they were like she like um the woman in the um is it the talon village um might have been a talon yeah and she's like 
or spine, whichever one is like the coastal or the um, whichever one it was. Yeah, um, I can't remember. But yeah, they go to leave. The, like this, the chief woman like betrays her and like tricks her and stuff. And she's like, she was really gonna hurt me. Like, and it, she has this moment where she's like realizing like a person was going to do something really bad to me on purpose. And that's like something that wouldn't like, didn't occur to her. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to watch that happen. Which is, is, it is interesting too, because, you know, she still is holding on to that hope in that, that belief that we can still all come together. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we can find a way to trust each other um and so i i appreciate that yeah because she has to learn mm -hmm. and she has a journey kind of throughout this but at the same time she is ultimately having a bigger farther picture in mind mm -hmm. and she wants to see the world get to this point and she knows right. that like i think there's something she says to raya where it's like raya says um you can't trust people because they'll betray you or something. Mm -hmm. It was one of these two things that were in juxtaposition to each other. And she goes, um, and then the the dragon, um, Sisu says, maybe people are, um, what is it? It was, it oh, was yeah. maybe. It was, like, was it maybe the world's broken because nobody trusts each other? That's what it was. Yeah. The world is broken because nobody trusts each other. You can't trust anybody because the world is broken. It was that mm -hmm. in juxtaposition to each yeah. other of what feeds what and what right. influences what right. right you know and so it's it's so interesting to watch you know because mm -hmm. especially as as we see this movie go further on into um towards the end mm -hmm. um and i just love them together and again like the the how capable Raya is with everything that she does with like mm. the action and the decoding the traps and figuring out what, yeah. what she needs to do to escape. And, and then um, the increasing powers of Sisu is just really cool. It's just, again, mm -hmm. the lore is just so awesome. But then we kind of get this, this group of other characters who kind of enter in and, and enter in on a journey that I thought was super fun too. Yeah. The con baby gag will never not be funny to me i laughed every time that baby was on screen oh my gosh yeah she she probably honestly for me was more funny than even aquafina was as the dragon for me yeah i probably i definitely laughed the most at the baby um in the baby kind of the baby and the the three monkeys kind of reminded me actually of in Brave, the the three little brothers actually. Yeah, yeah. When the, the, or when they turn into little bears. Uh-huh. Um, it made me think of that a lot because of just how much mis mischief they get themselves in. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, that was just like a very like from the beginning, you know, she goes to like check on like see if this baby's okay and then it's like oh, these monkeys, like it's a con like they put the baby there but then it's like the baby's in on it and she's like escaping with them. She's got this like a scowl on her face and she's like being so sassy and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> it was just so funny to me, like a baby running around doing like ninja moves. Like, I don't know oh what about God. it was so funny to me, but like, it just made me laugh the whole time. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. The facial expressions and she's like, oh, she's chubby cheeks. 
It was very cute. Yeah, yeah. And and then also I gotta say that um is the character named Tongue who is who is done by um Benedict Wong. Yeah. Oh, he was he was great too. He was great. You know, we get a little bit less screen time with him because he comes a little bit in later, but mm-hmm. his whole thing about being the last of his yeah. tribe mm-hmm. was really sad because he had this rough guy. And then he's such a softie though, too. Yeah. And his little his relationship with the baby when he's like, yeah, yeah her name is whatever he says her name is. Yeah. He goes, Didn't you guys check? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that comes from the fact that he himself is a father. Yeah, like when you're when like he sees the uh, in that first scene with him and like they come in and he sees the baby and he's like you have a little one or like whatever he says and then like over in the corner and you see like the crib and you're like and it hits you like oh my god his baby was turned to stone and like that was like ah uh, such a moment. Oh my gosh, and just like yeah, that made me get, get a little teary eyed yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, I would I would say the one the one character kind of fell through the cracks for me was the boy, who was like the captain um, in the restaurant tour. I liked him. Yeah, he was he wasn't like a super standout character, um, but I liked him a lot. That kid had swagger for days, um, and he was he was sweet. I liked him. Yeah, he was fine. Um, now here's here's a question. If you were to live in any of these worlds or these tribes, because um, they each have their own little like motif or whatever, yeah. which one would you want to live hmm. in? Um, I think probably. Hmm. So there's tail, which is like the desert area. Yeah. There's heart, which is where where she's from. Um, there's. And I forget which one of it was Spine or Talon. That's like the seaside village with all the pickpockets. I think that was Talon because I think Spine was the the village. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the snow. You're right. Um, I think probably uh, Fang. Um, yeah. Because I just liked how much it was surrounded by water. I like to be near the water, and it looked really pretty and like islandy. Yeah, it was. It was beautiful. It was, it's definitely either Fang or Heart, right? Yeah. You don't want to like. I I don't think I want um, Talon because man, having to like look over my shoulder all the time, being in that market. Yeah, and it's like the whole like no bustling thing. metropolis kind of thing uh, doesn't do it for me. No, definitely not. But, oh man, but you know, I think another thing that's really um, kind of moving along. I'm sorry, that's kind of the sideline <laughs> question, but moving moving things along here, um, we get we get Aquafina's character of Sisu, and each time they get a piece of the gem. Um, she kind of gets more and more power, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. It was like different levels are being unlocked for her with like a video game. Yeah, yeah, and um, I liked how they all tied into one of her brothers or sisters. Yeah, um, it was, was all like touching. from she was like, "Oh, this was my brother's power. Like he brought the rain." Um, so it was like finding like the parts of her family it was I, I liked that a lot. I also I also like the fact that with dragons within this world. It's not about fire. It's about water. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. That was something that was interesting for me. And I think there were different... So, like, she was a water dragon, but I don't think they were all water dragons. Is that correct? I don't know. I almost felt like they they almost all kind of were because it it seemed... I don't know. They seemed like they, they all had water-like yeah. things. 
especially I think one thing that I love is that when they're flying, it's like they're stepping on the ramp. Yeah, that was so making cool. Platforms. I loved that. It was like that was animated really, really beautifully, and just like the concept of it was so cool. Yeah, yeah, maybe there were. I I I need to watch it again. I wasn't super clear on that if there were like. Maybe I was just thinking Avatar so much that I was like, oh, there must be like air dragons and like earth dragons. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I again, I'll have to rewatch it. I think I'll be happy to. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about kind of the the end of the movie. Um, we we get the situation where you know Raya has you know basically have been has been right for the most part, but she's so jaded, you know, in regards to trusting people, especially to. Um, was what's her name that Jenna Chan plays? Uh, Namari. Uh, Namari. And basically they they have to kind of back Sisu's plan. She goes, All right, I'm gonna trust you on this. Let's go for it. And I think it also takes place after we learn more about Sisu and her brothers and the sacrifice mm-hmm. that was made in um you know five hundred years ago. And I I think oh man, as 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 a Christian watching this scene of Sisu basically giving her life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, being killed by Namari, but also by Raya's actions as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're both guilty. Mm-hmm. They both did wrong here. You know, and mm-hmm. it's it's Raya's distrust of Namari. It's Namari who's feeling like all she could ever be is what has been written for mm-hmm. her by her mom. Mm-hmm. And to see the death of Sisu and how that still leads Raya having to make that choice for herself to trust, I thought yeah. was really powerful. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that, you know, you have these five tribes of characters together kind of in the end with their different pieces and the at the at the end when they're all saying no we can't trust namari we can't we can't mm-hmm. and raya takes the first step by giving mm-hmm. up the piece of gem mm-hmm. to namari is so uh, powerful yeah you know it's not the she's not the hero in the end mm-hmm. i mean she's in, she's the hero in the sense that she leads everybody else to do right. this but Namari is the one who really saves the day. Yeah, and what a beautiful, what a beautiful, powerful moment. And and again, something it's very rare to see in Disney movies. I think they're they're doing some a lot more creative storytelling now that they've moved away from the happily ever after marriage story um, and are exploring right. new narratives, which I am all here for. Um, but yeah, it's really opened them up to some a lot more imaginative storytelling, and we don't see a lot of like the hero ha- the the villain has to become the the hero in the end. Um, right. And I I love that. Yeah, it's it's redemptive. Yeah, you know? and yeah. it's it's beautiful. It is we I again that we like you're saying it's it's narrative storytelling that plays into our day and age in which we we do need to learn how to trust mm-hmm. each other. You know, we do need to learn to forgive, you know, um, we do need to learn how to be selfless. And with the example we see from Sisu, but within this movie, if this movie can inspire people to do that more, mm-hmm. man, 
So it would be so good. Yeah. And I keep thinking, I kept thinking about watching it and how I, I keep thinking about the significance of the point in time, the year that this is coming out. You know, this was created mostly from people's homes. The, these Most of these voice actors were recording in their closets and makeshift recording booths. And, um, you know, they the animators were working working from home and stuff during this pandemic. Um, and I'm, I was thinking about so many of these themes of, of unity and trust and what it means to be a community and, and trust each other and help each other. Um, and I, I, and I feel like there were, there were a lot of threads of this and I, I'm interested to see, I don't know when this started pre-production and how much of the story and the elements were set before the pandemic um, started, but um, you know, you have the, you know, the, I, I guess other than, you know, Namari is, is one of the villain characters, but the, I guess, you know, the big scary villain in this is the drone, which is basically a virus that goes around infecting everyone. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. You know what's crazy? That never even crossed <laughs> my mind. Oh my uh, gosh. How dense do I have? <laughs> um, yeah. And then, um, so like when you first see, uh, Raya in the flash forward six years and then in the uh, present day timeline and she's you know riding around um the desert and she's got her dust mask on you know she pulls her mask off which is reminiscent of all of us are out there wearing masks right now you know so that like to me that kind of signaled that like um like I don't know. It, it, it pulled me into that moment a little bit because it was it, I don't know it, it, it was just like a subtle uh connection there but we step out of our cars we pull up our masks in the same way looking out and we put it back yeah exactly um <laughs> i wish i could roll around on a giant really pulley hedgehog thing instead of my car but oh my gosh we haven't even I, talked about how that how how cool i was in this movie. Needing to bring that up. I also need to bring up the fact that he's voiced by Alan Tudyk. Which he just does the most funny voices because didn't he also do the voice of the chicken? Yes, he Moana? did. <laughs> I think that I think there's a rule that he has to be like a goofy side character animal thing in like every Disney movie. Um, Seriously. But yeah, he's he's just great. There's a really funny meme about like it's like him doing like the chicken noises for Moana and it's like this man went to Juilliard <laughs> he's like a really classically trained actor and he's making like chicken noises but he's fantastic yeah yes so good so good in this oh man so Devin I gotta I gotta ask you this question because honestly we're kind of like you said this before we're in a new age of Disney animation I think obviously in style but also I think in storytelling mm -hmm. Where you know, following Frozen and and Moana and mm -hmm. Frozen Two, this this movie stands up and it's just a powerful film, mm -hmm. you know. And I gotta say, I think I like this more than I, I think I I broke Jess's heart <laughs> when I told her this, but I think I like this more than Moana. Really, I I think I like this both more than both of the Frozen. Wow. Movies. I know that might break your heart a little bit, 
But man, how do you think this compares? Um, you know, it's really difficult to compare it because it, it feels so different. I think the fact that it's not a musical makes it really difficult because um, it's such a it, it's such a different tone film. Like it feels like um, I don't know. It feels like comparing like when people would ask me like what, what my favorite movie is I'm like well I don't know whether to tell you like V for Vendetta or Kung Fu Panda because I love both of those movies but like it, it you know it depends on what mood I'm in what am I looking for in a movie you know um it, it, they're not in the same room and so this obviously it's a little bit closer than those two but like I don't know this like I'm saying it, it's it's an action movie it's like a it's a uh saga it's it's a different thing but um yeah, I I uh I don't know. I love it. I I think um I I can't put it necessarily ab- above or below Frozen or Moana or Frozen 2. Um but I put it kind of on the same plane as those. Um and and when I was so when I was watching it with Chris and Chris has watched both of the Frozen films with me because I love them and he loves them. Yeah, cuz I love them and he loves me. But um <laughs> And I actually just got him recently to watch Moana like last weekend because um, I was I, it was my birthday and I was watching it. And he, he kind of like he, he won't like sit down to watch something with that like that with me. But if I put it on and I'm watching it and he's kind of like going in and out and stuff, maybe it'll like catch his interest and he'll like sit down and watch it for a while. And he got really interested in it and he wanted to go back to the beginning and watch it. And he was like, wow, that was really good. And he, he really enjoyed it, even though it was a musical. Um, so yeah, we, and and so that kind of made him be like, oh, maybe I'll watch Raya like that. I kind of enjoyed that. So, um, yeah, we watched this one and he was like, is this what Disney movies are now? Like with Moana and like Frozen, like it it was like, this was so good. And I was like, yeah, this is what they're putting out. Like it's a, it's a whole new world. Um, yeah, I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you know, we had, I, I see this as being kind of a second, uh, second golden age of Disney. Absolutely. I think it's mm-hmm. incredible and it's, it's really great. Um, so let's, let's give our ratings. Um, Devin, if you were to give this, how many roly <laughs> bugs do you get? Before we do that, can I say one more thing that I, like we have been remiss yes, in please. not mentioning is fight choreography. Yes, oh, the fight choreography so in this is so good. And actually, actually I lied. I have two more things I would like to mention. Um, well, that's, that's why sometimes the animation even reminded me of, of the Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, because of the choreography. Yeah. Um, and this is, again, something we've not really seen in Disney movies of this kind. Um, and it was so, so specific. And yeah, it made it feel like an action movie. Like these were, these were really good, really well choreographed fight scenes. And I looked up, um, like, who did this? Um, and they had gotten a woman named Maggie McDonald who had worked on. Uh, the Hunger Games, some of the Marvel movies. I think she did Civil War. She's she's a stunt person and stunt coordinator um, for a lot of those types of films. And they brought her in to do a lot of the uh, the choreography and some of the uh, modeling. Like they would do, you know, um, you know, filming her for references and things. Uh, and they wanted to use like uh, you know f- female stunt people for this so that they could do it in a way that you know this is how a female fighter would move. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah, cool. so they really, really put a lot of thought, and they had um, another one of the people who worked on the film, uh, Queen Wen. I hope I'm saying that right. I forget exactly what his role was on the film, but he's uh, really 
uh, also has, has a background in uh, Southeast Asian martial arts and brought a lot of um, knowledge into that. So, and they even like, I was reading that they based uh, Namari's fighting style a lot on Muay Thai and uh, Raya's on a, a different style, I, I forget which, um, but they did just a really, really good amount of research and, and work into making that like realistic and, uh, and great. So I really wanted to acknowledge how, how well that was done. Um, incredible. The other so last cool. thing I just wanted to say was on the music, the obviously we talked about how this is not a musical and that it doesn't have any um, singing in it, but the score, score. was beautiful. Um, the score was done by uh, James Newton Howard, who's one of my favorite film composers. He did um, Peter Jackson's King Kong, which is one of my favorite film scores. Mm. Um, he did Lady in the Water, which is a... <laughs> oh, I love late honestly i think it's thank you movie and the soundtrack the score of that movie is thank you for saying that i am so on the level with you that's a very polarizing film a lot of people really didn't like it i love it um and that is one of my favorite film scores of all time it's so pretty and i that was actually the film that made me love james newton howard i was like who made this music and i like looked it up Mm -hmm. and then um he did king kong i think it was right around the same time. I forget which one came out first. Um, but I fell in love with both of those scores. And then I found out that they were the same person. And I was like, well, this guy's my guy. He's my, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. he also did the Hunger Games and the Fantastic Beast films and, and a lot of other great stuff. Mm. So, yeah. Cool. All right. So with that, Devin, hit me with your um, This is a scale of how many roly-poly hedgehogs? Sure, or whatever you pick, whatever you'd like to use. I'm like gonna use roly polies. How many? How many is it on a scale of out of five? Out of five. Um, I, I, you know what? I give this five roly poly hedgehogs. I, I really loved it. I don't really have. I, I can't think of anything that I disliked enough to like take points away from it. Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm right there with you. You know, I could I could try to find some things to nitpick about. You know, I mentioned my my earlier thought in in re- regards to the loss of hand drawn mm-hmm. animation, and you know, in regards to Disney, which is so important to their their early years. But you know, putting that aside, I can't help but give this a five out of five. And I think this is the first time I've given anything on the podcast. Wow, five out Fuck of five. That. Yeah, yeah. You maybe know. I could I could think of something if I felt like being a hater, but I don't see any reasons to do that so yeah. yeah i thought it was great wow so there we go listeners that is our review of ryan the last dragon i hope you watched the movie that you paid up and maybe this will inspire you if you you know discussion on the movie before you know um actually watching it but maybe this will encourage you to pay up and give disney more of your hard-earned bucks to watch this movie because honestly by based on our review it's totally worth it for sure um with that what's that Devin? oh i said hashtag no regrets yeah seriously (laughs) um (laughs) so with that we're going to take a pause here and then we're going to transition just quickly into wandavision so stay tuned all right listeners um now this is the time where we'll talk about WandaVision. Devin, this is we've already talked about how this is the first time you're coming on to talk about WandaVision. So hit me with your general thoughts leading up to the season finale. 
I have been enjoying this show so much. I love it. I think it's the most creative, imaginative thing that Marvel has put out. I'm stoked about it. Um, and that's that's my that's my general reaction. I think honestly, I so this is not slated to have a second season, I believe, because it's a, because it's a one season story, um, which makes perfect sense. But what I would love to see is for this to become the new bar for Marvel storytelling. You know, this this might honestly be the the change in gears. You know, just moving mm-hmm. through it. And I think mm-hmm. we've seen that a couple times with the MCU. I think um, Captain America Winter Soldier was a big shift in regards to um, the movies because of what happens with S.H.I.E.L.D. in regards to that and how that changes the whole universe moving forward. And then I think, you know, obviously Infinity War shifted things. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a massive shift Mm -hmm. moving forward, especially as we know that Wanda's going to be in... Um, the next Doctor Strange movie, which is called The Multiverse of Madness. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder where that's going to go. You know, so <laughs> yeah. there's just a lot with this series. I think it's a real clinch. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a real important point within the, the journey. Yeah. Yeah. And this, um, this series just explored human emotions in a way that has not been done in superhero media. I mean, I, not that I am familiar with all superhero hero media, but I mean, the modern MCU um, or DCU, like we've not seen this level of um, of relatability, honestly. Like that's what really blew me away with, about this was that like, obviously it's a fantastical superhero universe world, um, but the themes are really relatable uh, themes um, in a way that, I I wasn't really ready for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hold on a sec. Is that just the person outside? What the heck is that? Something's like shaking my whole house right now. No. Come here, buddy. It's okay. Oh. Alright, I can definitely edit that part out. And we'll we'll okay. Andy as well. I was gonna say I had to let him out and then let him back in when he realized that Chris was also behind a closed door. <laughs> um, you good to go some more? Huh? Are you, am, I, am I good to keep going? You're good, yeah. Okay. I think we're all set. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so this episode, being the series finale, has really, um, we, we are left off with the, the last week with the idea that, man, we're going we're gonna to see things really um, close out where, we saw Agatha Harkness as the mm-hmm. main villain here, and mm-hmm. and she is really pitting herself against Wanda, and she has the two boys um, in dire straits, and we are introduced kind of behind glass of the the Silver Vision, um, which yeah. is in how um, the there is this. These are both going to become the villains in a sense, mm-hmm. or the antagonists towards to to the heroes themselves um and at this point too we're also we're done with the whole sitcom tropes mm-hmm. and we're really just left with kind of just ending off this story with a bang mm-hmm. and i think I'm, I'm gonna say this 
for me, the emotional beats and points of this episode, the series finale, it hit its marks. It hit its marks for me. Mm-hmm. You know, everything between Wanda and the boys, with her and yeah. Vision, it was so on point. I think even the stuff between Wanda and Monica were on point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there were some choices within this episode with, I think, just small things, but also some pretty big things that that really made me a little bit disappointed in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what did you think of this episode as a whole? I really liked it. I thought, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, there was there was never a universe where in this episode wasn't going to make me cry. There was never an, a, a reality where it wasn't going to end sadly. Like there, like from the beginning, you know that there's no happy ending for this story. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I thought that, um, like you said, the, the emotional beats of what happens with her, uh, her and the boys, her and vision, like it was, it, they were sad, but they felt right. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have that that sense of sadness, but not the sense of like it should have or could have been different. Yeah. Um, because it it had that feeling of like this is what the, this is what had to happen. Um, I thought it I thought it was was written really well. There there were a couple of things. Um that I would have changed as well, uh, a couple small things, but, um, yeah, I, I really liked it. It felt fulfilling to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think this definitely falls into the trap of, you know, there, there's so, there's so many speculations online and there were so many people who were, you know, making guesses and what they thought, how things were going to end. And I think, I think if Star Wars has taught us anything, I know this isn't Star Wars, but at the same time, it's like, this is usually what ends up happening. Um, we can sometimes put ourselves in a place where this is how things should be as a fan base. And if they don't do this, then I'm going to be upset. Right. Which I think is a, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think that's a very selfish and... Mm-hmm. conceited way of looking at entertainment and stories because yeah. I, I want to see these shows surprise me. Yeah, I don't want to go in with huge expectations or speculations that they need to mm-hmm. meet this and this and this character better end up being so-and-so or else yada, yada, yada. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. For sure. um, but, you know, and, and that's not necessarily even what was tripping me up. I think they're just the payoffs that I think they were really trying to build up within some things just never paid off, you know? Hmm. Um, And I think some of, I think at times this episode was kind of by the, by the numbers, I think where the first Mm -hmm. few episodes and even kind of the halfway point and last week's episode, there were some major risks that I, that were taken, but I felt like it was kind of by the numbers in the end with the battle between Wanda and Agatha. Sure, sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think... Oh, go ahead. No, go on. Go um, yeah, I, I agree. I think this uh, this episode, kind I think kind of by necessity, but um, the, this episode looks the most like the rest of the MCU that we've seen. Um, and what was so great about the series as a whole is how different it looks from that. Um, 
so you know you're you're away from the sitcom trope and and all those things that made it like a really out of the box thing and now you're back to seeing superheroes battling which is cool and that needed to happen at some point because it's a marvel series um but yeah it, it it loses a little bit of that of what makes it unique um in order to to wrap it up in that way yeah yeah and so how, how did you feel about um, I guess we can break it up into two ways. I think we can talk about Wanda and we can talk about Agatha. And then I think we can talk about vision mm-hmm. and then we can kind of talk about where we're kind of left within the MCU at this point. So who do you want to talk about first? And then maybe we, when we talk about them separately and their kind of stuff within this, maybe we can talk about their relationship mm-hmm. before how things end. But where do you want to, who do you want to talk about? Um, I guess let's start with Wanda. Okay. So, so what did what did you think of what happened with her in this? I guess in the series as a whole, but specifically this episode. Um, I think that I, uh, I, she goes on a whole journey. I love how much we get to. So, I I loved her in the Avengers films. Um, she was by by the end of of the um saga she was one of my favorite characters probably and i i was really hoping that we would get to see more of her after endgame and so when i heard and when i heard that they were doing this series and i didn't know too much about it at first and i i was like i'm excited that they're doing a wanda series because like i want to see more from her um especially toward you know in endgame we start seeing so much more like deep feelings from her that i really wanted to explore um and so, and it was like, oh yeah, it's going to be like a sitcom kind of thing. And I was like, sounds weird. Not really sure. I thought maybe it was going to be bad. And I was like, that would be a bummer. Um, but this was like more than I ever could have hoped for, to be honest, from a from the perspective of like really wanting to dig into what makes her tick and um, what what drives her and her her pain and her dealing with her her traumatic life uh there was so much there uh i think elizabeth olsen did an absolutely stunning job acting in this um and you really uh there's just so much in terms of grief and loss and Mm -hmm. these are you know, it's it's themes that I have spent a lot of time in my own life contemplating and dealing with and navigating. And I saw so much of, um, you know, relatable content there. That's um, I've I've never really like I, I you know I, I love Marvel movies. I love watching you know like oh that's really cool and like I, I've always had a lot of fun watching them. But I've never felt this. Um, connected to a character and like it's telling a story that's like relatable yeah and and also i mean we we have very compelling characters in the mcu yeah but we hardly ever get to spend you know Mm -hmm. i guess around eight hours of Mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. you know with a particular character Mm -hmm. and really learning them and feeling for them Mm -hmm. understanding them like you're saying and so i think it's it's been, it's really cool. It's really important. And I, I see also like how they're really setting her up in the future as well. 
you know, kind of mm-hmm. I, I, earlier on there, they talk in the series like, yeah, she doesn't have any other kind of name, right? It's just Wanda. Mm-hmm. We don't have a special name for her. Mm-hmm. And then us as comic book fans, we're like, oh, we know who she really is. <laughs> right. And then to really leave things off with the fact that she is the Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. which gives us a lot more to explore moving forward that I think is interesting where they take different kind of liberties with the, the movies and they do with the comics mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. It just kind of left, I think, some things in an interesting place, you know. Yeah. Um, but when it came to like even, but her battle with Agatha and and her um, while they're in the sky fighting and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, I I I almost sometimes wish that with shows like this, we we didn't get the whole previously on Wandavision, and then you it starts off with them talking about the runes within right. one room, and I'm just like. Well, I wonder how this is going to play. But I was really, I was actually kind of surprised. I knew the runes were going to come into play, but I was surprised to see her say within a given space. Mm -hmm. And the the space that was given was the hex. Right, right. And so within the hex, her powers were in control here. Mm -hmm. I was just like, whoa, that's actually pretty cool. That was one part within this episode. I was like, that's kind of cool. That was a baller move. Totally, totally. And how also baller is how she leaves things with Agatha. Yeah. <laughs> what a power move. It's like, I'm going to keep you within this reality. Which, mm-hmm. again, I think there's some there's some pieces in that that is missing for me. Yeah, I'm not if really can sure somehow, how that works. Right. If her power can somehow keep Agatha, who is a powerful witch within herself, in this place where she b- believes and sees herself as the nosy neighbor mm-hmm. why can't somehow wanda keep her children you know in, within existence or this vision in existence you know what i mean like mm. there are some holes within i think part of it for me also like you know? is agatha still living in ralph's house <laughs> like, that's Maybe. my main question like where does agatha live now She's the nosy neighbor, but she's also experiencing homelessness. Does she live in the hedges? Like, (laughs) right? Oh my gosh, that is true. That is that is interesting. Hey, neighbor, you're not my neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, and I think again, we I I keep doing this each week, but Catherine Hahn. Oh my gosh, what a what a gem! Oh, absolutely, she's fantastic. So good. She was like my um, favorite part, one of my favorite parts of the show, like before she became like a huge part of it, you know, just because she's like mm-hmm. such a delight in every episode. She's so funny. Um, and so, yeah, that like when when we hit the it was Agatha all along song, I was like, this is amazing. I love that. Yeah. So good. So good. Let's talk about vision or the mm-hmm. vision. What, what did you think of all that? I thought this was super interesting when he meets, you know, other vision and you have kind of, you have basically like visions body, but not his mind versus visions mind, but not his body and the whole like ship of Theseus philosophical thing that they get into was really interesting. Again, not something you see in every Marvel piece of Marvel media. Um, But yeah, how his like kind of way of defeating, quote unquote, um, this other vision was to basically like logic his way out of it. Um, and, you know, I my directive is to destroy the vision. Well, 
<laughs> let's let's pick that apart. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it definitely leaves it open. So so when he, you know, restores his memories, I guess he's like, well, looks like I've got some visioning to do. Vision is visioning off again. Um, yeah, kind of kind of made me think of how the Hulk even leaves things at the end of Age of Ultron. You know, he kind of flies off and he goes off. And you're like, where's the Hulk going to be? And we don't see him for years. Right. I wonder when we're going to see him. Right. So you're like, all right. So this vision that we have here is ending. But there's this other vision out there visioning somewhere. I'm sure that will come up later. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's interesting, too, because, you know, again, the tie-ins to the comic book, you know, there's been a lot of talk within the the comic book series that influenced this show was um, Avengers Disassembled or House of M. Mm -hmm. And then also the Tom King vision that came out like five years ago as a mini series of like six or seven issues. Um, but also we're now kind of seeing another aspect um, called Vision Quest, mm -hmm. where Vision at one point has his memories wiped out in the comics and he's kind of a new vision and he's silver like this. And so, mm -hmm. um, listeners, if you're trying to find an interesting thing that you can kind of continue things on with, maybe check out Vision Quest. Um, I don't know, go to your local comic book store and talk to um, the the owner or whatever and see what they have to say about, you know, where to read interesting vision stories. I think it's West Coast Avengers is where the story mm -hmm. takes place. But anyway, <laughs> just, just geeking out a little bit. Um, um, yeah, and I think it was super interesting within this to see see that happen mm -hmm. and I, that was kind of my speculation and my guess is that we were still going to have vision mm -hmm. to some extent but we're just going to see a different vision moving yeah. forward yeah um which you know like they were talking about the ship of theseus like it, well i mean it's his original body and there i don't know there's all these moving parts so it's like I don't know, it's the, the Mind Stone, the memories, and I don't know. Sure, I'd buy that that's the same vision. Sure. Yeah. I don't totally. know. <laughs> Nothing makes sense in these swamp monster times. Oh, man, yeah. And, and, and kind of getting towards the end of this, as things are resolved, you know, and, and Agatha is defeated, and the, the white vision takes off, we are we are left with Wanda realizing that, okay, this is, it's time to cope. It's time to accept the reality. Mm -hmm. It's time to accept that this is not really vision. This is actually more me mm -hmm. in some degree, mm -hmm. you know, and, and what I've created mm -hmm. and my, my boys as well. And so they, they go off home and it's, it's time for them, for her, you know, obviously to, to face reality. Yeah. And this is where, when I was saying the emotional beats within this episode, yeah, boy, so rough. Yeah, oh, it's like you know it's coming. Like you know this has to happen, right? It's not like a surprise, but it's like you're not. There's no preparing for this. Yeah, and it's the the moment even when she says to the the boys, "Thank you uh -huh. for." allowing me to be your mom or choosing me to be your mom <sighs> yeah I can't just... I'm like gonna start crying again just thinking about it I like I watched this my husband wasn't watching it with me but he like uh 
came in later and he was like, oh, how was the finale? Like, how did it end? And I started like recounting it to him and I just started like sobbing again, just like telling him about it. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, and that was the basic gist. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is like, I think watching this with your significant other is is such a, almost a troubling experience, mm-hmm. you know, because Jess has had a hard time watching mm-hmm. this because she's been very team Wanda mm-hmm. throughout has been like, why won't they just let her be? You know, why won't they just let her live within this reality that she's made? I'm like, well, she has people yeah. that she's basically um, taken over right, their right. lives. And so, yeah. you know, um, and so this, this is, I knew going into this, this was going to be mm-hmm. tough for her and this was going to be tough for mm-hmm. me. And um, Yeah, so and I can't even imagine watching this as a parent. Um, I was texting, uh, my best friend who's got two kids and like, she, she watched it before me and was like texting me, like, I'm not okay. Like, she was like, have you watched this yet? I'm like, no spoilers. I haven't watched it yet. She's like, have tissues with you. I can't handle this. And so like, I'm watching it thinking about like, if I had kids watching this, like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't even be able to handle. Yeah. Um, Oof. Yeah, it was it was definitely hard. It's definitely tough. And then when you see the the hex just kind of fall into itself mm-hmm. and it goes back to the originating starting point of the mm-hmm. home. And then she's left with just by herself. Yeah, back where she where she first found it on this empty foundation of the home that they were going to build together. I'm going to start crying again. Um, (laughs) And she's just got to go back to life and figure out how to navigate this without imprisoning people in their minds. (laughs) Well, and and, and she has, she has been someone through the series who has experienced the loss Mm -hmm. of people, you know, and we see with her Mm -hmm. parents and then we see with her brother and then with vision three times now um having at this point she's she's kind of coming to terms and realizing you know i think also with her powers and the manifestation of her as the scarlet Mm -hmm. witch has her ready to learn and become her own person yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know um and not having to rely on others which is is kind of contrary to what i usually think you know generally you know we need we need people we need you know others to really be a part of our lives but i think it's really setting things up and we get Mm -hmm. that that teaser at the very very Mm -hmm. end of her on her own in that little cabin and we see her drinking tea but then you Mm -hmm. also see her um and i was a little confused at this point like a force projection yeah, well, kind of like the projection that we see. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think I think it's if we go back to like Doctor Strange, where he's doing like the astral right. projection, you see him studying and learning while he's asleep. <laughs> and I got to thank Instagram for this because it really helped me tie in the the missing threads where I was just like, I'm not sure what I think about uh-huh. this. Because um, I was like, is she bad? Is she, what is mm-hmm. going on here? Is is the Scarlet Witch evil? But Swanda is good. Like I couldn't. I wasn't sure, you know, and maybe, but we really just kind of see her learning and studying. Mm -hmm. Um, 
this is what you know, I while she's also existing. this is what I was thinking when I saw that. I so you know it goes in the other room. You see astral projection. Wanda study like with this book and doing all this stuff. And I was like, this woman better be writing thank you or writing apology notes to all of the residents of Westview. <laughs> Because one of the things that really bothered me about this was that she never apologized to them. And we had this inter interesting interaction when, so after she brings down the hex and she's she's walking back into town, all the residents are there. We have this super awkward moment where like they're all staring at her and she's like, oh, yeah. pulls her hood up, you know. Um, and I'm like, is she going to say like, sorry, guys, my bad. Um and she goes up to Monica and Monica's like, they're never going to understand like the sacrifice that you made for them. And she's like, it, it wouldn't change the way that they see me anyway. So it's fine. Um, and that was an interesting interaction, but, and that might be true, but I still feel like she owes them an apology. Um, yeah. And this is like my, I, I have this group of friends and we do a lot of just like philosophizing about random stuff, but we've been talking a lot about like forgiveness and like, and apologies. And that's it's been a theme that we've been discussing. And so it's been on my mind a lot. And like the idea that you wouldn't apologize because it's not going to change someone's view of you is a very selfish view of the purpose of apology. Like the purpose of apology isn't to make someone see you better. It's because they are owed an apology. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I still feel like they deserved at least that much. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was something I was left thinking about a lot after this. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. That's a good point. I, she, it would have been better for for her to try to apologize and for them to kind of even remain angry or misunderstanding and maybe have one person be like, I forget, you know what I mean? It could, it could have left that a little bit differently, yeah. but maybe they're, they're trying to use that in a weird way. Cause again, like, you know, with different things within the MCU, we see ripple mm -hmm. effects, you know, mm -hmm. we see, yeah. You know, even within this this series, within this show, you have Hayward, you know, who's like, you don't know how things have mm -hmm. been like, you know, post-snap, mm -hmm. you know, and like, there's just a different world mm -hmm. now. And so the repercussions are always something that we're yeah. dealing with, with further movies and episodes of series and stuff like that. And so I, I wonder if we're going to still see some of the ripples of what Wanda mm -hmm. did here within this series moving forward. Yeah, like um, if we're going to see like one of the Westview residents becomes a supervillain later. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of like almost how Baron Zemo was like, yeah, I lost my family in um Sokovia, Right, exactly, exactly. You know, and, um yeah, which reminds me of um one of my favorite this is an aside, but my favorite um WandaVision commercial is Lagos paper towels for when you made a mess you didn't mean to. I thought that that was brilliant. Yes, I, d I did like that one. I think my favorite one was probably the antidepressant. Mm -hmm. that I thought it was just like, oh my gosh, because it just, it started off so cheeky and fun, but that one just left things in such mm -hmm. a, like a, oh my gosh, this is not yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Um, um, so let's talk about where this kind of leaves things off. Cause I think there is stuff with 
Um, Wanda, obviously, that we're left with. You know, we don't know what's necessarily going to happen with Vision. But what did you think about how things were left with uh, Monica? Um, well, they clearly have plans for Monica. I'm excited for whatever they are. Um, I don't really know or think anything past that. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, please. I, can, I, I don't know too much about like, so I'm okay. sure I know that she's probably a character from, from the comics that I'm not familiar with. I did a very cursory amount of research, um, but I know almost nothing. So, okay, so this is the first thing that's kind of confusing is she is one of the versions of Captain Marvel okay. in the comics. So, there is Captain Marvel, who was um, a male character in the comic books. But Annette Benning was her within the Captain Marvel movie. Okay. And then we have Carol Danvers, who was right. Captain Marvel later, who was also Miss mm-hmm. Marvel in the comics. But uh, Monica Rambo is a different version of Captain Marvel, but she's also known in the comic books as Photon or Spectre. Okay. Was was her mother also her at some point or no? What's up? I, oh, I lost. Oh, her. sorry. Can you hear me? Now I, can now I can hear you. Okay. Um, was her mother also her in the comics at some point? Oh, gosh. Or no? I don't know. I can't answer that for sure. I feel like I looked up Photon. I feel like I looked up her mother's name and I found Photon. But me, And so maybe I was like a little bit confused about that. But yeah. And then when she started doing the like eye glowy thing, I was like, all right, I can see where this is going. It's <laughs> like, maybe she might be a superhero. Yeah, I see what they're doing there. (laughs) But where the this is obviously heading towards they they announced so many series to come from the MCU Mm -hmm. within Mm -hmm. Disney Plus, and one of them is called Secret Invasion, which is starring Nick Fury and Mm -hmm. um, so Samuel L. Jackson and Mm -hmm. Ben Middleston's character from Captain Marvel. And centering around the scrolls and um, mm. a bunch of different stuff. And so when she says, you know, the one scroll says, you know, he's going to, he's looking for your help or whatnot, an old friend or something. We're mm. definitely left yeah. with the idea that, that Monica is going to go on to be in the Nick Fury series for Disney+. Yeah, Plus. yeah. yeah. So. Um, I'm into that. I really liked her character a lot. I like the actress. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be excited to see her really mix in with, with different characters, you know, yeah, yeah. which I think is always the interesting thing with the MCU. We get introduced to people and we're like, I'm gonna, I wonder how this person will interact with Thor or interact with mm-hmm. Iron Man. So I think it's going to be interesting to see her, this character who we've been introduced to within this series to kind of move on from here and, and mm-hmm. interact with others, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how, what would you give... I guess I have two questions. Okay. If you were to give rate the series as a whole, how would you rate it out of five? But then also, how would you rate this particular episode? And you can go either of those first. You can do the episode first and then the series. Um, but go ahead. Um, before I do that, I have a question. Is this the last thing? Because I have more things I want to say. No, let's let's put a pin in all that and talk some more. Go ahead. What do okay. you have? What else do you have? I'm not. I'm not done yet. Um, <laughs> Uh, one thing I just wanted to, a little joke that I wanted to point out that I thought was really funny in this episode was um, when Jimmy Woo is escaping from his handcuffs and he takes off the handcuffs and he goes oh flourish which is a callback to the second episode when they do the magic show 
and vision keeps going flourish. And she's like, you don't have to say it, just do it. Um, which I thought was really hilarious. And so it was funny because it's kind of this like meta moment where it's like, it, it's like an inside joke for the audience, but it's also like, he's making a reference joke to like the show that they've been watching in the show that we've been watching. Yeah. That was um, good. I actually missed that. And so when Jess was trying to tell me about it, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I, she's like, stop talking and watch the show, which is my role. <laughs> um, so I thought that was really funny. But um, this is, okay, this is, if I could change one thing about this episode, yes. this is what it would be. This is what I really, really, really wanted. Um, and it's a, it's a small change. So I think that they would be able to make it. I think they should go back and change this. Um, in the final scene with Wanda and Vision, as the hex is closing in, and they have this really beautiful, heartbreaking scene together where they're saying goodbye. And he asks her right before right before the end like what am i and she says um you know you're and 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 i forget i forget all of what she says but you know you're my um memory you're you're the part of the mind stone that lives in me and you're these memories that we have together and like or, or whatever it is that she says and then at the end she says but mostly you're my love and what needs to go there, the end of that sentence is, and what is grief but love persisting? Which That's is what true. he said to her in the previous episode in the flashback to the Avengers compound after she lost her brother. And that, that line was so beautiful. And I know that so many people um, really, really loved that line. And I was among them. Um, that really, really spoke to me. And that would have been such a perfect moment um, to bring that line back and bring it full circle because that's because that's where we are in that moment, right? Is like she's she has to leave her like fantasy world that she's built and like live in her grief for a while, but she's also has this hopeful moment with him where they say, you know, that they're going to meet again. They have hope that they're going to meet again someday in some form. Um, so it's you know her her love is persisting. He is her love. He is persisting. She's going to see him again. Like that is all said in that line. So that's my contribution. To, you're welcome, Marvel. Please go back and fix it. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been a really beautiful capstone because you're right. That was the best thing from that previous episode. Mm -hmm. where we learn, um, we hear that line, and we learn that from her past. Mm -hmm. So important for sure. Um, um, yeah, the only the only other thought I had was just uh, I, I would have liked to see one little last capstone uh, sitcom reference in the final episode. And I think a good one would have been to do like, I, I don't really know how this would have fit in. Um, but like the like the ending of Cheers when Sam like leaves the bar and he like turns off the light and closes the door. And that's something that we've seen repeated. It's kind of like become a trope is like that, you know, ending a series by like, shutting the shutting the door and turning off the light sorry we're closed yeah yeah moment. um yeah exactly so like some some little like homage to that would have been kind of kind of cool to have in here just to kind of like tie up that sitcom um theme but yeah yeah i think that's one thing that i i thought was super interesting that i loved about this series early on which i know not everybody felt was i loved the whole just the deep dive into sitcom worlds and yeah. genres and decades. Yeah. That was and, so fun. Oh my gosh. And, and it's just like as a lover of television throughout uh -huh. the years, 
mm-hmm. I think it was it was really cool. And I have friends who are mm-hmm. like, oh, I hated the first few episodes. And then when they really started doing <laughs> the outside world and stuff, that's when I started liking it. And I'm just like, that's what really got me. Yeah. I almost so, loved the most. <laughs> so I, and, I also, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just like, I think the further and further we got away from it. And even mm-hmm. I think the last time we had a sitcom episode, was the one that was in the style of like Modern Family yeah. or The Office, mm-hmm. and that was probably my least favorite episode. Oh, really? Honestly. I liked that one a lot. Oh, what's that? I liked that one a lot. Okay, yeah, I I think as far as the the sitcom episodes, it was the one that did like the least for me mm-hmm. personally. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I am. Um, I I also really really enjoyed that style, and like I said, it it looks so different from what we've seen from Marvel. It was really creative, really imaginative. When I um when I started the series, I I I didn't do too much research. I didn't do too much looking into it beforehand because I like to go into things kind of fresh and like discover them. Um, so I didn't want to like kind of spoil it for myself by by knowing too much about where it was going. Um, but I knew that they were going to have some sort of plan. I had I had already in my mind of like, all right, this is probably like some fake sitcom world that she's created for herself in order to deal with the grief of losing vision and like this whole like I had a good idea of where it was going. Um, but I was talking to my parents. So that my parents started watching this because I told them to. And my dad, I, I was talking to them after like maybe the third or fourth episode. And my dad was like, oh, my God, it was so good. And I was like, yeah, I told you. And he was like, I really didn't think it was going to be good. Like after the first two episodes, I was like, what the heck? is this um but like in season in episode three i was like oh man there's like it's in this whole like other world and i was like did you not think that's what was gonna happen and he was like no and i was like so the first two episodes you just thought this was gonna be like a black and white sitcom with these characters and he was like yes and i was like you didn't think that marvel had some kind of like plan and he was like no <laughs> and like that was so wild to me i was like i can't imagine going into this not thinking that like they had a plan <laughs> Other than right. like, let's just do Dick Van Dyke, but with Marvel characters, which yeah, I would also watch. I think as, but... as for the novice or the nominal fan of like any kind of fandoms like this, yeah, I think there could be a little bit of like that's just strange. And man, what a misstep on their part, you know. But for <laughs> yeah. us, we're like, what is the deeper things? What is actually happening? Right, you know, right, right. So sometimes our our kingdom is not in our favor, and sometimes. It can really bite us in the end. I think mostly favor. It's worked. Yeah. It's worked out for me fine. <laughs> well, good, good. Um, so let's circle back where where I was trying to close things off. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Try to shut me up about Wandavision. You can't. <laughs> You're like you won't turn me away. <laughs> My love will persist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is so, this podcast? But Devin just persisting and persisting. <laughs> All right. So, in in wrapping things up, um, how have you? What? How would you rate this last episode? And then, how would you rate the series as a whole? Um, like out of five colorized helicopters. Sure. Um, I would rate this episode. Um, oh, I'm sorry. So let me turn this off. Um. Probably four. Okay. Um, I liked it a whole lot. It wasn't probably my favorite episode of the series, so I so I'm not going to give it a five. Um, and like I said, there were there were some things that I would have changed about it. Um, but I I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I'd say four. Okay. Um, the series as a whole probably five. Um, 
because it just stands so far above um, so many other things that I, I've watched. It's like I've said already, so creative, so imaginative. Um, and I think I said this at the at the top of the podcast, but like I would love to see this become the new bar for Marvel storytelling. Like this is I'm I'm gonna be looking for this level of creativity and imagination in in things going forward. And um, I think it's gonna be hard to match. So for me, um this episode again, there are things the emotional beats I loved, like I said. Um, but there were choices within this that I felt like was disappointing. I didn't need Ralph to end up being the villain uh, Mysterio, not Mysterio, uh, Mephisto, who is basically the devil, you know, which people were speculating. But I felt like the reveal around um, Evan Peters was a little, I don't know. I, I never thought he was actually Pietro. Yeah, but I felt like there was some. I had a little bit of disappointment when it was just like, "Oh, he's Ralph." Okay, you know, um, there was a little bit there. There was a little bit in regards to how did Wanda, who has had no training as a Scarlet Witch, make these runes mm-hmm. within the hex? I felt like there was some, there were some conveniences that were made in the final episode that they just wanted to kind of cross certain things and just finish up the mm-hmm. story that I, I thought I didn't love as much. So I think this episode, I'm going to probably have to give it maybe three stars, honestly. Um, but as a series as a whole, with all the stuff that we've gotten within it, with the, the first few episodes when it was just sitcoms and the introduction of uh, Monica and getting Randall Park in there again and even... Mm-hmm. Even Darcy, who I don't really like. I don't really like her either. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. She's much beloved, and I just, I, I just don't really like Kat Dennings that much. Thank you. I feel like I was on a ship by myself. Everyone Me too. Saying Kat Dennings is the greatest. So like, she's super annoying. I okay. also find her super annoying. She always seems like way too amused by herself. Yes. Ah, oh, so well put. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just glad to find somebody else who feels the same way about Kat Dennings as I do. Damn, I felt um, like I was alone in this. <laughs> and so I, um, there, there were things that I, I really loved about this series. I love as, as we get to know Wanda more and get to really see the acting chops um, of, of Elizabeth Olsen mm-hmm. and, um, oh my gosh, Paul Bettany. Um, but also the director, the directing styles, the era really nailed. Mm-hmm. This, this show is just impressive. Yeah. Um, top to bottom. And I think last week's episode, as we got to learn more about Wanda, I was so intrigued and pulled into it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it just left us in a really great place moving forward with the MCU. And unfortunately, the finale just didn't do it for me when it came to how they just some of the choices that they made mm-hmm. um not that i could have written a better and i was like yeah if mcu knew what was right then i should have been there or whatever uh-huh. not to say that I, <laughs> that's what i, I, I just said so go ahead. i know but uh, i don't mean it like that i think you're i think you're right on your call to, <laughs> they needed to add that one line in there of love persisting mm-hmm. um but i i feel like you know i I want to be surprised and mm. 
I felt like I had myself ready and willing to, to be surprised in the end and not mm-hmm. try to speculate too much and have my expectations tarnished. But I feel like there are things that they were setting up that kind of fell through mm-hmm. for me. Um, though I think they, we are left with some interesting things primarily around the two figureheads of Wanda and vision moving forward mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah that's where we are that's what that's my thoughts at least yeah yeah um so in wrapping up this episode i think i want to do this and i think this is going to be really exciting for for the listeners and for you to hear this um but for next week's episode i know i usually save this to the very end i would say goodbye to Devin, but i'm just going to say it right now mm-hmm. we're going to be going from one mcu show to another um, I love this. We had like a year <laughs> between both seasons of The Mandalorian and we basically got nothing on Disney Plus in the meantime apart from Hamilton. So now we go from one MCU show basically to another. And to get ourselves ready for Falcon and Winter Soldier for next week's episode, we're going to be watching Captain America Winter Soldier, which is for me my favorite MCU movie thus far. Oh. So I am so excited about this. That's awesome. That's a that's a great one. And of course, when the episodes start coming out for Falcon Winter Soldier, we will be having a weekly update for each episode for the podcast as well. So, Devin, you're not done with the MCU series quite yet. I was gonna say you have to promise to bring me back on for one of those. Absolutely, I'll, de- I'll definitely and be I watching. Promise not to hold off till the very very end. Of the <laughs> that's that's fair. Just don't leave me hanging. Well, I won't. I won't. <laughs> Devin, thank you for coming on. As always, you you bring so much fun and insight, and I really love having you on the show. So thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for inviting me back. Really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And listeners, we'll see you next week as we talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier.